before we reflect together this morning on the Pharisees and the scribes grumbling at Jesus and what this teaching in the gospel might have to say to us this morning, I first want to say just how happy I am to be here. I look forward to the upcoming months together this fall and then sharing in the Advent and the Christmas season. And I'm not going to bother with an introduction of me as I think there's information uh, that Christopher has put out there, some news posted on websites that can fill you in on me. But I do want you to know who's responsible for my being here and who you should go to to blame if I do anything wrong or any problems arise, and that would be Christopher Whiteman. <laughs> While I was rector at a sister parish across route to St. Anne's in the Fields in Lincoln, where I was rector for 12 years, that was the chapter in St. Anne's life when we transformed and renewed the building, and we also connected with parishes in the inner city. My family and I came to know and love this beautiful area, and I think Christopher, who shared in the 8 o'clock with me this morning, is the only one that can vouch for Michael, who actually showed up at the 8 o'clock before going biking. Um, we came, we, the two of us and our children, who are now 36 and 34, we came to love this beautiful area, and yesterday I thought it was days like that, that we walked across the trails from the rectory and found places to dive in on the backside of Walden Pond. But it was when we built a bridge to inner city parishes and we began as a community to participate in their after school and summer school programs that Christopher and I got to know each other. And it was this time in the inner city that led to my call to Dorchester where I served St. Mark's and St. Mary's, and Christopher at that time was the senior warden of St. Mary's and the organist. And it was during this time when so many of us in the community who came to know him and who came to know his gifts began to twist his arm, began to bend his ear, began to appeal to his heart to begin the process of education and formation for the priesthood. So I'm honored to have this time, not only with all of you, but also with him, to offer mentorship and support as he ably leads and creatively navigates the sabbatical time, both for your rector, but also for you as a parish community. Please remain seated and let us pray. God, in the stillness of this worship, may we grow more sure of you. You are often closest to us when we feel you have forgotten us. As we withdraw a while from all without, may we find you anew within. Until all our thought is hallowed, faith consecrates all common things as sacraments of love. Lead us now to meet you. Show us what you want us to see. 
So once again, in the gospel, Jesus is in the company of the unliked and the unpopular tax collectors and sinners, as they were called in that time. We might find other names today. But it will never cease to amaze me how Jesus got the traction he did, given the company he kept. What he risked for those who were lost and outcast and judged unfairly and isolated to be welcomed into the fold. Jesus tells the scribes and the Pharisees when they are grumbling about who he's keeping company with. He says, let me tell you a story. He tells them two stories. One is about a shepherd who leaves his safe, secure herd of sheep which were most likely his entire livelihood to risk going after one sheep who was lost. And the story of a woman with ten coins, women typically not being given access to that security that currency can bring. She loses one coin, and this does not lead her to holding more tightly to the nine she seeks, she scrubs, she borrows lamps from her neighbors to look in every nook and cranny until the one, the one precious coin, the one precious sheep. The stories show us something about how in God's economy, dignity and value belong to the secure and the well-found but they also belong to the lost and the forgotten. Years ago, I had a recurring, I, had, I think I couldn't really call it a dream because it was a nightmare. I had a recurring nightmare of being lost in the underground subway. I was the only passenger on the train that had no conductor, and the train would come to that screeching halt, the doors would flash open, and in a maze of gray, with no doors or windows, I would go to step out, and they would flash closed again, and I would be locked in this train, not having any idea where it was going, where I was, or what to do. I think I was being warned that I was a bit lost. Last spring, many of you have probably been in my Manhattan's financial district where you have those 66-floor buildings, those soaring heights of towers. Well, I was visiting our son and daughter-in-law who moved into a little apartment on the 11th floor of one of those buildings. And I went out in the morning ahead of them. We were meeting at a cafe, but I wanted to walk the neighborhood and so I went out of them, ahead of them, and after my walk, I Googled the address that we were meeting at, and I noticed there were several cafes with the same name in the wider vicinity, but I finally located the one I was headed to. And as I began walking, my GPS began spinning. And it started sending me in different directions. And I was very calm at first because there were so many people around me. 
And I went and asked the police officer who looked at me and said, use your GPS. And I was too proud to show him that beach ball sitting in sitting on my GPS or the map that just kept slipping in many directions. I cried. I went one way, then the other. Then I was sure that that was wrong, so I went the other way. And soon, I was completely lost. So I stopped. I turned off my phone. I took a deep breath. I tried again. I asked the kind-faced person who looked at me and said, use your GPS. And I was too proud to say that it was spinning and completely confusing me and no help at all. And when I finally found my way, arriving too late to join the meal, tears mounting in my eyes, feeling vulnerable and frustrated, I was lost. It happens as we walk into a new school for the first time. We don't really know the hallways. They're confusing. We don't know where we're going. It happens when we're in corridors of hospitals we don't know and we feel lost. It can happen on all of the trails that surround us this morning when you're headed off in one direction and find that it's not what you thought it was and you don't know where you are. Being lost causes a very desperate feeling. There was nothing I wanted more than to be found. To have someone take my hand, show me the way. And then there's another kind of loss I can't help but think of this morning as we come to this era. Can we call it post-pandemic? I'm not sure. We're still wearing masks. But at least on this edge of the pandemic where we're all together, where we're able to be here together this morning. There's another kind of being lost. I spoke with a young woman the other night. I knew her parents, but I'd never met her. And I asked her if she was visiting or living at home. And she got this look on her face of not being able to find an answer. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not sure what's for me. And we both laughed and we went on to talk about how many friends and families working remotely, changing jobs, being let go from jobs, exploring so many different avenues, and having a sense of being lost. It was comforting to share the humor and connection that we did over being unsure and uncertain. So many of us during the pandemic have felt lost and isolated wondered how we could help and do more for others while feeling alone ourselves. And we've all had such different experiences of the pandemic. The joy of reconnecting with people and having fewer choices every single day. Suddenly, the people and the things we want to do that we really value and are important to us rise up in front of us. But also, the mental health and addiction challenges, falling behind in education and social development for children. However it has been for you, I am guessing that there might have been some sense of being lost. A 
And then in this time, we've all been challenged by so many other dangers. An increase in gun violence, profound social unrest, threats to our democracy, women's rights taken away and civil rights challenged, while horrific climate change is here. And for most of us, we find ourselves in the midst of more than we can take in. So how does our faith help? Is there any consolation for us in the gospel lesson today as we try to care for each other? As we try to care for ourselves and as we try to make the world we're living in a better place. The teachings of Jesus are a beacon of life. The teachings of Jesus give us courage to face and contribute as much as we can to right the wrongs around us while also being a balm to our anxious souls. Because Jesus' message to the scribes and the Pharisees who were grumbling about the company he was keeping was to tell them the story that it is okay to be lost. I will find you. You are precious in my sight. You are a pearl of great price. You are the apple of God's eye. The shepherd goes after the one. Lifts the rock, pinning the bleeding hoof of his sheep, and lifts it over broad shoulders to carry it home. Ramdas, that wonderful spiritual leader, says, We are all just walking each other home. Come home. Coming home to God. Coming home to each other. Coming home to ourselves. Jesus' message told in the life of the shepherd and of the woman searching is a message that fills our biblical tradition, which repeats for us the story over and over because we must need to hear it. God searches us out in Moses. God knows our sitting down and our rising up and discerns our thoughts from afar, the psalm tells us. God traces our journeys and our resting places and is acquainted with all our ways. God presses upon us behind and before and lays his hand upon us. We have the generous gift of God close as our breath. You are of value. You matter. You are worth coming after when you are lost. The source of our life, the source of our being, the source of love, whose pattern, whose instinct in the gospel story is to leave all others to find us, caught on the edge of a precipice, falling over a cliff. Hands reach for us, knowing where the bruises and the broken parts are, and lifting us over those broad shoulders lays us across the wide beam of his body.
and follows the late afternoon sun as it casts a long shadow across the green meadow and the sweet fragrance of refreshing evening air and walks us home. We are all just walking each other home.